This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning. I love that. Today's all about thanking the women who have loved, mentored, and mothered us. And as I talk, you're going to see it may not come in the form of a biological mother. There's a lot of people who have mothered us. To start with, um, it's a special day. This has never happened um, in all the years we've been pastoring that we've had as many significant people here on Mother's Day. So the first person I want to honor is my own mother. I want you to stand up. This is my mom, Carlene. So blessed to have her. She lives in Clovis, so um, they come over quite often. So thank you for all that you've meant to me. My sister is actually beside her the first time she's ever been here. You're going to hear a little bit more about my sister, Debbie, here in a minute. And uh, another very special person, Stormy talked about her, and that's my mother-in-law, Shirley, if you would stand. Significant people for me. I became a mom at 18, got married at 17. A year later, we had our daughter, Amanda, and as Stormy said, we were trying to figure things out. Life was uh, very difficult at that time. We were very poor, very young, very uh, unskilled at life, but God has been good. Amen. Almost 36 years later, God has been good to us. Uh, I have my own children. Stormy and I have two. Amanda was in first service. Our son, Austin, uh, lives in New York City. We're blessed with him. I have two beautiful grandchildren, Kate and Taylee. That I mean, that's just the reward of life for those of you that are moms when your grandchildren come. But, you know, there's also... Uh, I want to honor those. So, first of all, I'm going to have all the grandmothers stand up. You're in that wonderful time. If you're a grandmother, we want to acknowledge you and honor you. Isn't it just the blessed, most blessed, best time of your life? You guys stay standing. If you're a mom, we want you to stand so we can honor you. We love you, moms. Thank you for pouring into your children. Thank you for all that you do. You guys can be seated. There's another group that I want to honor. I'm not going to have you stand because sometimes today is a difficult day. And that's the moms who have lost a child, either through death or through miscarriage. They have a child that's gone on and they've given them to heaven. I acknowledge you today and what you've been through. I also want to acknowledge those that have had that desire in their heart to be a mom and have not been able to conceive. I acknowledge you today. And there's also a group, the ones that don't look like moms. Sometimes they're in the shape of a dad. Sometimes they're in the shape of a grandma or an aunt or a sister, a teacher, a friend. And those are the spiritual mothers out there. I love that one of our teenage girls on Facebook, you know, they have the little frames that you can put on your pictures. And there was one and it said, Happy Mother's Day. And it was her and her dad. And she said, my mom 
did not, was not there for me, but my dad stepped up to the plate and has been a mom. So I acknowledge all of you that are spiritual mothers to children. You know, many years ago, I told you we started, started being a mom at 18. It took me a couple of years, had Austin at 22, a couple of years. I got my bachelor's degree and started teaching then at a junior high in Clovis. And um, my life kind of stabilized at that point where I had something that I could give. And the Lord was so good. And I didn't know at first what he was doing, but he would just bring people across my path. And I remember a student, her name was Opal. Or no, not Opal, that was her sister. You know, it was Opal. She had a sister named Pearl as well. And she came to my class, and she was a broken young girl. I can't tell you the horrible things her mother did to her and allowed men to do to her. And she came to my class. I don't know what I was teaching, probably something like U.S. history, you know, things that kids don't normally like. But the Lord just put such a love in my heart for Opal. And I remember she would come over to our house and uh, I was a youth leader in Clovis for 17 years. And so every Wednesday I was serving, we lived like we, you'd go out our house through the alley and there was the church. Opal lived on the farthest part of town that you could in this pretty bad trailer park. And I remember on Wednesdays, it was highly inconvenient But the Lord put her in my heart and I would drive across town and pick Opal up and bring her to youth on Wednesdays. And I remember one one year at Christmas, we bought her. She loved the Dallas Cowboys. Don't know why. It's not our team. But she loved the Dallas Cowboys and we bought her. That was back when the big puffer jackets with the hoods were in. And we bought her this jacket and wrapped it up and gave it to her for Christmas. And she just cried. She'd never had that kind of love from a family. You know, through the years, God has brought other, other people. In first service, there was actually another one of my spiritual daughters. When Amanda went to college, uh, just through a series of events, Matt introduced her to this girl, and they became roommates. Her name is Elena. Many of you know her from, uh, she comes to our women's retreat every year. And Elena's mother died when she was 16. There were six kids in her family. Elena was the oldest, and their mom died of cancer. And so when I would go visit Amanda in Albuquerque when she was going to college, I would just see Elena, and she would just watch us. So, of course, naturally, again, the Lord, he doesn't give us just this amount of love. He always is expanding our love. So we took Elena in, and she's now part of our family. She's one of our daughters. The cool thing is she married a boy from Clovis who was one of my students, Trapper, that he was like a son to me. He went through a divorce with his parents and some really hard years in his life, and God brought them together, and now they have three beautiful boys. You know, at last October, you know, we're empty nesters. <laughs> so uh, we're in the time of life that we don't have children in our home anymore. We have Uh, Our daughter in town, our grandkids, and we can have them and then send them home. But the Lord brought another young lady to our life, an 18-year-old who came from a very difficult past and hasn't been 
parented and has a heart of gold, but a lot of baggage. But the Lord brought her into our home, and we love her now, and she is another one of our spiritual daughters. And the same thing goes for each one of you. If you'll just open up your heart and watch, the Lord will bring people into your life. And he'll give you what you need to be able to love them. So the title of my message today is called, Everybody Needs a Mother. You know, when I was preparing for this, I thought about the people who have lost their mothers. And I, I was thinking how Mother's Day is a difficult day for many of them, for many of you. This may not be the, the day that you rejoice because of difficulties from your past. But this mother, this first mother, I asked them three questions. How long have you been without your mom? What do you miss the most about them? And has God brought someone else into your life to fulfill that role as a mother? So the first mom, she said, she's been without her mom for 19 years. She said, I miss how we would talk and laugh about everything. I miss that she was not there for my wedding. I miss her not being here to see my daughter grow up and ask questions about raising her. But she said, God has put my sister as a surrogate mother. She has helped in areas that my mother would have helped and has given me motherly advice. Another one of our women said her mom passed away 11 years ago. She said, I miss spending time with her, just talking, doing things like crocheting and cooking, but mostly just visiting with her. She says, God sent a woman to be a mama to me. She's always ready to pray with me, to sit and listen to me talk, laugh and cry and share her wisdom with me. The next one is a girl in our youth group, and hers is a little bit more difficult story. She is separated from her mother because she was taken away from her for abuse and neglect a few years ago. Some bad things happened at the hands of her mother. She said, though, I miss her smile. And laying with her and hearing her heartbeat, knowing that she was still alive. But here's the redemption of God. She said, God has brought the mom I actually needed. She's being adopted by a family here in our church. She said, she's always there for me. She has such a big heart and is so loving. She is the mom of my dreams because I trust her. And can actually talk without feeling ashamed or afraid of her judging me. I wish I could give her the world because no words can explain how much I love her. So God brings, he turns that whole thing, what Satan meant for evil. God will use it for good in our life to bring redemption. The next one, she's sitting in our service today. She said she's been without her mom for 11 years. She was 13 when her mom died in a motorcycle accident. She said, what I miss most is her quiet and gentle spirit. And she says, God has placed many women in my life that combined made the perfect mother. He provided me with a woman who gave me the best hugs 
for comfort. A different woman with the best listening ears. Another who provided much wisdom for me. And another to help me up when I fell. None of the women that God placed in my life were perfect. But he placed them in my life at the perfect time. So I never felt incomplete. That's how God wants to do for each one of us. So whether you're in the stage that you have your mom with you, your mom has passed on to heaven, you didn't have a good mom, your relationship is not good, let me just tell you, God has a plan. And God wants to bring people into your life because everybody needs a mother, right? So none of us are born into this world without what? A mother. Every single one of us are born to the world with a mom. Now, some of you have a birth mom who gave you life and an adoptive mom who gave you a life. Anybody in that category? You're blessed to have both in your life. Some of you have had the same mom all your life. Listen, don't think, oh, well, it's just my mom. Don't take advantage of that. Don't take her for granted. Some of you have had more than one mom. You have stepmoms, bonus moms, mother-in-laws. Some of you have had great moms. Some of you have had okay moms. And some of you have moms that have not been very good to you. Some of you have lost your mothers through death and abandonment and separation. But some of you have had others fill in. Like I was talking about those dads and grandmas and aunts and sisters, friends and teachers that have filled in those gaps for you. But no matter what path that we're on, the truth is still the same, that everybody needs a mother. So today as I talk about this, I want you to think about all the people in your life that have fulfilled that role for you. See, when God laid out his plan of redemption... When he saw mankind was broken, his plan was to send his son Jesus to the earth. But he needed someone to be in on that plan. He needed someone to give life to Jesus and to be with him throughout this whole assignment on the earth. Who was that person? Question. You answer. Mary, his mother. His mother was had the assignment to give life. Can you imagine that to the Savior? But then she wasn't just with him at the beginning. We're going to see. She was with Jesus throughout his whole life. Till his death on the cross, there was not one period in Jesus' life that he did not need his mother. So we're going to look at his example all through the continuum of his life and see what he did with his mom and there's also some lessons for us as children and what we need to do with our moms and our dads and the the parents in our life so turn to luke chapter 2 in your bible and we're going to talk about the very first period of jesus's life and that's when he was a child luke chapter 2 so this is the stage of life Of being a child. Luke chapter 2. This whole chapter is about when Jesus is born. 
tells you that whole story. We read that at Christmas a lot of times. Then it goes into when he was eight days old, he was circumcised, and then they brought him to the temple and dedicated him. And then we don't hear anything else for 12 years. So moms, there's usually that period that you're like, are they ever going to grow up? Could I just have five minutes to myself in the bathroom alone without them beating on the door? Listen, those early years are hard, but they are the years that you are putting such valuable things into your children. And I believe Mary was putting those things into Jesus. And let's see at 12 years then what he was doing. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 51. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was with or among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening... They started looking for him among their relatives and friends. The first Home Alone movie, right? Jesus was home alone. He was left there. So they start looking for him. Verse 45, when they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious leaders, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. He hadn't done anything at that point. They're like, what is going on? Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. His mom was freaking out. Any moms out there ever freak out about their kids? Yes, especially when you can't find them, when you don't know what they're doing. That's what moms do, right? They want to know where you are and who you're with and what you're doing. Here's Jesus' answer, verse 49. But why did you need to search, he asked. Didn't you know that I must be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. So here's, there's three requirements for us as children with parents. So here's the first one. Now this is for all of you that are still living in the home with your parents, no matter what your age. If that's you, raise your hand. No judgment for how old or how young. Raise your hand. If you're still living with your parents, you are in this category, okay? You are in the child under your parents' authority stage. And number one is obedience is required of you. Okay? Obedience. This is the biblical model Jesus gave for children living with their parents. Let's look at the New Testament. Ephesians 6.1 says, Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So, As a child, even Jesus, the perfect child. Now, I'd like to have had one of those perfect children, wouldn't you? I mean, I had one really strong-willed and one that was a little bit easier to manage, but I still, man, that would have just been something. But even 
The perfect child needed that mother to nurture him, to guide him, to help him to grow into adulthood. Because none of us can do that ourselves. We'll, we may be, have the age of adults, but we'll still be a child, wounded, if we don't allow someone to come into our life and nurture us into adulthood. We need that in our lives. Yes, a mother loves you. I think that's a given that a mother loves you. But you know what else love does? Love corrects you. Love disciplines you. That's a whole other sermon, but you can look up all the scriptures on that. A mother, love doesn't just give you your own way all the time. A mother guides you. A mother keeps you safe and watches out for you. And here's the thing, children, under your parents' roof, don't reject their love. Don't reject it like, I don't need you. I'm my own person. I can think for myself and I don't need you to tell me what to do. Listen, the Bible calls you to a life of obedience. Obedience to your parents first. That's how you learn obedience to God. Is by being obedient to your parents. Listening to their voice so you will eventually listen to God's voice. Be respectful and obedient. That's the first stage of your life. Let's talk about the second stage. As an adult, turn to John chapter 2. The second stage of your life is as an adult. So these are the people that are not under their parents' roof anymore. How many of you? That's you. Raise your hand. Okay, so you're an adult. Let's see what Jesus' example was as an adult towards his mother. John chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 12. John 2 verses 1 through 12. This whole story is about the wedding in Cana. And so they were attending this wedding and we're going to see Jesus had not started his ministry. So let's, let's think about that. He had invited disciples to follow him. But they didn't know what they were, they were doing. They, he hadn't done any miracles. He hadn't gone out and preached messages. He had not been launched into his ministry just yet. But let's see what his mother had to do with that. Verse two. The next day there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivity, so Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. And verse 4, I always think people people act like he was like kind of snotty about this and snapped at her. Woman, don't you know? But do you think Jesus really did that? He was perfect. I think his voice was kind and tender, the way ours needs to be towards our mother. Even when they're pushing us to do something that maybe we're not ready for. And he said, dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. So his ministry had not started yet. But his mother saw something different. Verse 5, his mother told the servants, do whatever He tells you. He just said, it's not my time. She's saying, do whatever he tells you. She's anticipating. She must have known this is the time. He's ready. 
She saw that, that he was ready. Verse 6. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, it came from the jars that they washed with. This wasn't drinking water. Though, of course, the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign, the first miracle Jesus did at Cana in Galilee, was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and the first time his disciples believed in him. Verse 12, after the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. So a couple of thoughts here. Jesus' mother was still with him at this time in his life. He was 30 years old. His mother was still very much a part of his life. She was helping him to walk in the destiny that God had prepared for him. See, a godly mother sees the call of God on their child's life, believes in them, and points them in the direction of serving God. That's what a godly mom does. They're our biggest cheerleaders and prayer warriors as we shakily start to walk in that call. Because, you know, it's not easy. Just like with Jesus, he, he was going to sit back and, and wait But his mom called it out of him. She called ministry out of him. A godly mother is there, even into their adulthood, to call out of them what God has put in them, to launch them out there. Whether they're called to ministry or called to the ministry in the schools or called to be a businessman or called to be a mechanic, whatever it is that God has called you to. A godly mother will see that potential and will believe in you and and push you into that in a loving way. Notice verse 4. Jesus didn't get mad at her when she pushed him like some of us do, right? Anybody ever, you know, in that know-it-all stage of our life when you get to be a senior and you know everything? I'm 18, I'm an adult that lasts usually into your 20s. Some of you may be hard-headed and a little bit more. But we're in that, don't tell me what to do. I'm living my life stage. Listen, our mothers are there to help us and guide us, to speak into our lives, to call out destiny for us. Jesus didn't get mad. Look at verse 4 again. Dear woman, that's not our problem. My time has not yet come. He didn't get mad. And I love also verse 12. I never put this with the story until I was studying for this message. Verse 12 says, after the wedding, he went to Capernaum for a few days with his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. Notice he wasn't too busy with his own life to spend time with his mother. Because you know how a mother spells love? 
T-I-M-E. When your children are gone from the house, you miss them. Even though the beds might stay neater and you don't have to vacuum as much, they miss your presence. They miss you just talking to them. Just sitting down and spending time with them. And not while you're checking all your Facebook and your social media. But that you spend time with them. That's the way you honor your mom. Gifts are fine. I love to give gifts. I give my mom, my mother-in-law. I try to always get them gifts that they like. That's great too. But the biggest thing we can do is give them part of ourselves and just visit with them. So the second requirement for children with their parents, number two is honor and respect. This is what Jesus gave us in this biblical model as an adult to honor and respect our parents. It never stops. You never get to the age when you're like, I don't have to honor and respect anymore. I'm an adult now. No. First, uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12 in the Ten Commandments. God said, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land your God is giving you. If you want to have a long, full life, honor your mother and father. Matthew 19, 19 says the same thing. Honor your father and mother. Ephesians 6, 2 and 3 says, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. It has a promise attached to it. It's there from, he's quoting from the Ten Commandments. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. So as an adult, we are to find ways to honor and respect our parents and spend quality time with them. Now, I have a disclaimer here, okay? If you do not have a godly mother, if you do not have a mother who is good in your life, this is tricky. You can still fulfill the commandment to honor them. For their position. Their position that they are the person who gave you life. But at the same time, if things are to- toxic there, you put healthy boundaries around your life and you ask God to give you moments that you can honor them. I just happen, I'd never look at Facebook on Sunday mornings, but one of our uh, church members was on the front page this morning. So I walked by and saw the paper there and I sent her a message telling her how proud I was of her on Facebook. And the next thing was one of my other friends and she wrote a piece about growing up with her alcoholic mother. And she said it was very difficult growing up with her and she did not have a good mother. But she said once a year, I send her flowers And she said, I call her and tell her, I love you, mom. Not because of any great thing her mom has done for. But she said, it brings healing. Healing into her heart. And I can only imagine into her mom's heart. 
Because I will tell you, moms live with a lot of regret. You don't have to. God can redeem the things from your past. But that's the disclaimer. You still find a way to honor them. The Lord will help you with that. You know, I was talking about time and spending time with your parents. My mother does not live in the same town. So we are in a very busy time of our life. So for me to have the time to go and sit with her, I don't have that all the time. But you know what? I do have a phone. And I make an effort. This isn't any deal on me because I'm going to talk about my sister in a minute who really does more. But I have a phone. And I just pick up that phone. It's usually when I get in my car and I'm driving home because I know I have a Bluetooth, so don't judge me, okay? I'm being safe while driving. But I call her. And I don't usually have an agenda when I call her. You know what I call and do? How are you? And she tells me about her day. And she tells me about Durrell, my stepdad. And she tells me about my siblings and um, lots of people that, again, I may not keep up with. But it's just time. It's just time that I'm, I'm spending. So if you think, well, I don't, I can't do that. Yes, you can. You have time for a lot of other things. Make time for your mother. The third thing we're going to talk about the, this is the stage in Jesus's life where he was at the end. Jesus was at the end of his life. You know, I won't have you raise your hand, those of you at that at this stage, but I will tell you, time doesn't always, it, there is an end to our time on the earth. And as time draws near, relationships, you realize, are the most important things in life. We've prayed with many people and been there for their final moments in life, and you know what? They're not asking Could I have an iPhone 7 instead of the 6 that doesn't have enough memory? They're not asking for a gourmet meal. You know what they want? They want their family. They want relationships to be made right. And I love this example of Jesus that even to the end of his life, he had a heart for his mom. John chapter 19 Turn to John chapter 19. This is the story of Jesus' crucifixion. Many of you have seen the Passion of the Christ in different movies. There was a clip in the video we showed earlier of that very awful time when Jesus was crucified, dying the most painful death imaginable. And do you know what? The very last thing the very last act he did on earth he cared for his mother let's read verses 25 through 27 standing near the cross were jesus's mother and his mother's sister mary and mary magdalene when jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved he said to her dear woman here is your son And he said to this disciple, there is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. So the very last thing on Jesus's mind right before he died was to care for his mother. 
He had honored her. He'd been obedient to her. He had respected her. And he cared for her. Can you imagine the heartbreak that his mom was feeling? And he had compassion on her. He wanted to make sure she was going to be okay. So number three in our life that we are to do for our parents is care. See, as the roles begin to transition and your parents get older, we are called to help care for them. That may look a lot of different ways for you. Some of you might do some things with money that you can provide for them. Some of you, I've, I've seen people take them into their home. I'm not saying you have to do that. But we need to do what the Lord has called us to do and care for our mothers. So my example is my sister Debbie here. Now Debbie, there's four, four of us girls. Uh, my oldest sister, my second sister is the one that passed away in December. Debbie's number three, I'm number four. We're two years apart. Growing up, we, we, uh, went at it a lot. <laughs> and, uh, we weren't very close until we became adults. But I've watched my sister do such a fabulous job in caring for parents. Not only does, is she there for my mother and stepdad, she's, she lives about 20 miles outside of Clovis on a farm. Her and her husband are farmers. They farm lots of land themselves, have a very busy life. But she makes sure my mom and stepdad are taken care of, whatever that means. If they go out of town, she's the one checking their house, making sure everything's okay, Checking on them, but not only is she balancing that, I honor her because her father-in-law lost his wife a few years ago, and he is in the beginning stages, most likely, of Alzheimer's, and he has uh, has to go to dialysis three times a week, and has a lot of health problems, is not mentally there all the time, and her and her husband have taken him into their home. And it's not easy. When I call her, I can hear him in the background. And she has honored him. And cared for them. You're my hero. Thank you. So the third thing, remember, is to care. We're to be obedient. We're to honor and respect and care for our parents. So... To sum everything up that I've said today, everybody needs a mother. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.